You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Hello, everyone. It is Pierce, host of the PJ's Cast. And if you enjoy listening to the PJ's Cast as much as we do recording it, please leave a positive review, subscribe, and share with friends no matter what platform you may be on. We love discussing the Chicago Blackhawks and, of course, the game of hockey, but we want to reach this out to a wider audience, and doing all those things really help us out. So once again, if you enjoy the PJ's Cast, please leave a positive review, subscribe, and share with friends. And I hope you guys enjoyed the upcoming podcast episode. Welcome, everyone, to the PJ's Cast. I'm your host, Pierce, alongside of my good pal, Dylan. And uh, only 15 days until the trade deadline. And that's really the only thing we can look forward to as for the time being because the uh, Blackhawks lost uh, to Philadelphia again last night. Um, the the big thing that was going on on Twitter, it's like, oh, they haven't won in Philadelphia since 1996, well, at least in the regular season. But the only game they've ever needed to win in Philadelphia was... Of course, that game six in 2010. Um, I don't know if you want to talk about that game. For for two teams that aren't going to make the playoffs, like that, that's a game that should not have like got out of control the way it did. The Kirby Doc hit on, uh, I think it was Kevin Connaughton. They're probably going to take a look at that. And then also Travis Sanheim burying Alex Dabrinkit into the ice <laughs> without a helmet on. And, and Jonathan Tate's fighting. It's just... You obviously never want to see that happen in any hockey game. You never want to see it get out of control like that. But especially two teams that aren't going to go anywhere, like these these injuries don't need to happen. I don't know if you watched the game or not, but that was kind of my yeah, thought on I, it. One of the things I really wanted to touch on is I know I brought it up the last couple of shows, how in the offseason, if they're going to stink, they need someone who's going to stand up for them on the ice. And I feel like this game was a perfect example of what I'm talking about. When the game gets out of hand, they need someone that's going to not let Alex Dabrinka get elbowed into the ice without a helmet. You know what I mean? And I don't want Taves, who's coming off a concussion two games ago, to be the one doing it. Yeah. It, you need more people to step up for your teammates. And the problem is the guys who would step up for them are coming off injury or they're hurt currently. And I just, I, there needs to be someone that's willing to stick up for these teammates because they, they just get bullied on the ice some nights. And this was this tonight or that night was a perfect example. I mean, they were just, Philly was just trying to lay out shots on everyone that they wanted to, because they knew they could, no one was going to stop them. I mean, I feel like that's just a reoccurring problem with this team. And it's, that's what happens when you have a small size team at times. And uh, it's just like when they go up against teams like that, they're just going to be outmatched at times. Like that's why they don't match up well against like Calgary's and St. Louis and stuff like that. They they can't match up against these teams that are going to punch you in the mouth while they play. And Philly didn't even do it that much. In my opinion, it's just like the times they did 
and you could tell the hot like they the they were in the Hawks' head. Like they they weren't getting any calls going their way. I will say that I saw at least three trips in that game that didn't get called. Yeah, that's um, that's Seth Jones' penalty where like they went to the boards that was very questionable. So stupid. Yeah. The refs were extremely questionable last night, and you could just tell. Like the first, pe- the first penalty they got to go their way, they had a you know a, a offsetting penalty to go with yeah. it. So they just and they started off left footed in the first. I mean, God, they they talked about a stat or something. They have like thirty six goals in the first this year or something. It's terrible. Yeah, it's like um, one of the worst in the league. I'm pretty sure, and it wouldn't yeah. surprise me if it's like yeah. they're like top five or at least top ten. Yeah, you got to start on time. I mean, that's just what it is, plain and simple. But besides that, I mean, like single player, no. Dylan Strom had a decent game, I thought. Um, that second goal was really good on his part. I mean, like I was just sitting there watching that game, and I'm like, guys, you're playing Martin Effing Jones. Just shoot the puck. <laughs> Something's gonna go in eventually. And just then, get it all like, net. Mm-hmm. And I thought the Taves line looked pretty good. Uh, there's like you said, it's just like we're in that point of the season where there's not much to write home about. It, we're more just waiting on what Kyle Davidson's going to do, and as he's closing in on his first week as being permanent GM. Yeah, he's made some moves, and they they didn't do themselves any favors. Like, are you kidding me? What what was it? Four or five too many men penalties in the last? Oh my god! Three periods. And you like take that, one with the goalie pulled. Come on! Like that seven is players so on the ice. Like it's not even like that. It was close, and they're like all at the bench. There's seven of them on the ice, and like none of them were even close. Terrible. I don't know how you do that. I really don't. They're lucky that they did it against Edmonton twice on Thursday and got a win still. Like, yeah. It's ridiculous. And you're so lucky. You are so lucky Philly's power play is terrible. Like, I, I, they got a worse power play than Chicago in terms of, like, setup. They can't get – I don't, like – there were points where Hayes would get the puck for Philly on, like, the circle. And I'm like, where? okay, so who is the pass he's supposed to be looking for here? Like, no one's open. If they are, it's going to be a blocked shot. Like, they're so lucky they were playing Philly. Like, for instance, they play Tampa tonight. They they pull that oh. same game they pulled last night. They'll lose eight to four. They'll lose eight. They'll lose eight to two, maybe. Like it'll they, be bad. They they get shut out, man. <laughs> yeah, and like Lincoln looked a little shaky, but like I can't even blame the guy because he doesn't get consistent starts. No, so like yeah, that's, he's barely played like the past few months. I can't blame the guy. Like the fourth goal, he couldn't even see. Like I, the third goal was bad though. I will say that the Broussard one. That's a that's one you can't allow. But um, what are you gonna do? <laughs> yeah, it, it, like that game just felt like a bunch of sh- like brain farts and shooting yourself in the foot. That's what it felt like because they didn't even play. When you look at the stats, they didn't even play that horrible. But like, I, I, I mean, it is Philadelphia. But uh, like Seth Jones has kind of struggled the past few games, which it, it's going to happen. And, a, and yeah, when in a long season like that on a team like this, it's going to happen. So I, I kind of give him a free pass there. But at the same time, he's got like ugh, that was that was rough. He had a rough game. And yeah, the the biggest thing is now that like the wins and losses really don't matter. Again, you don't have the draft pick. Obviously, you would like it to get to a point where maybe you finish like tenth, so Columbus doesn't get a top ten pick and one of those good players. So at least that helps eases the pain. But the biggest thing is development now. Um, acquiring futures that's on Kyle Davidson, but but looking kind of at the organization like Rockford's fighting for a playoff spot that's the big thing you want uh, them to compete and potentially make the playoffs which will get some experience for the young players in Rockford and obviously at the you want to like give them some taste in the NHL not like completely fully because I think the best thing for them would still be playing in the AHL getting getting 
time and in a winning actual, environment. Act, yeah, in actual meaningful games. And mm-hmm. you're not going to get here, but at the same time, I think, it, it, like, once guys, like, Cal- Calvin DeHaan's got to be traded. Like, there's no way that he's a Blackhawk uh, past uh, March 21st. He and um, Carpenter got to be gone. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, but ter- particularly those two, uh, like, who, it's probably a good chance Coop Lee gets traded. And, when, well, like, once those guys get traded, give, like, I don't know if they're going to call Reichel up again, but just give the these guys in the AHL a chance. Like, give, I don't know, like, Evan Baird, I know Evan Baird hasn't been good this year, but give him a chance. Um, I think the biggest thing is the defense. Like, give I, I've really liked Isaac Phillips. I really liked how he's came along. Mm-hmm. Give him a chance. Give Kalanick a chance. Hell, give Bowden a chance. Give Mitchell a chance. Like, you're gonna, there's gonna be at least like Calvin DeHaan's gonna get moved. I don't know if they move someone like Eric Gustafson, but they should. Just, they, yeah, they, they they should. I don't know if they will, but maybe Kyle Davidson will because uh, he doesn't love him like Stan Bowman does. But uh, yeah, just just give those guys chances, but also like keep them like for the majority keep them in the AHL so that way they are winning but anyways um so kind of the big news with the Blackhawks is obviously they hired Kyle Davidson uh I think it was Tuesday time is a flat circle I can't keep up with time um (laughs) I think it was Friday they uh they let go of uh Mark Kelly and who was the assistant manager I forget his name it was it Ryan Stewart I I don't know yeah Ryan Stewart but that was but like the big one to me was Mark Kelly and um and kind of like 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 most things with the Blackhawks, like they did a lot of like the front office, like they did a lot of good things. Like Mark Kelly made some really good picks. Like I think he, the year he came in, it was oh six oh seven. Obviously, they drafted Patrick Kane first overall. Both of them were with the team for fifteen years, but now that Kyle Davidson's taken over, and it looks like I don't know if you read that athletic article, things kind of just stagnated. If there's a time to let go for Mark Kelly, it was yeah. certainly now and. Again, made some great draft picks. I think the ones that stand out to me, like like you got Patrick Kane first overall, but the ones that stand out to me is getting Philip Deneau in the late first round, even though he didn't really play with the Blackhawks before he got traded. Like He's been a great shutdown center. Table Tiravine has been great in Carolina and, and when they picked him in 2012. And then kind of they're, they're past the second round. You see Brandon Saad, Andrew Shaw, and Alex Dabrinkit. Those were kind of some... Picks Nick up stood out to me. Yeah, Nick Schmaltz is also seven seven point nine. My Nick boy. Schmaltz. Yeah. Um. The high. I think I saw was the highest amount of points by an NHL player since Sam Gagne in 2012 <laughs> when he got those. <sighs> Go figure. Point game again. Yeah, it's got to be connected to the Hawks somehow, right? Come on. Now. Yeah. <laughs> um. But yeah, but just the last <laughs> few years, things have kind of stagnated. I saw that they've only picked three forwards in like the, their first two rounds, and since 2017, that's. Kirby Dock, Lucas Reichel, and then Colton Dock. So um, things are clearly stagnating. Like I, I've been beating this this like horse like for so long, it's basically into bones right now. Like this this Blackhawks team does not have much forward talent. Like they have okay defensive talent, but uh, forward talent they basically have zero on it right now. And that's got to be absolutely a main focus right now. And kind of reading that athletic article, like if they. They said that Mark Kelly like kind of uh, tuned out certain regions and like cer- certain scouts and and also another point is like how much of that is Stan Bowman at the same time. But I, I think I think this is good for the Blackhawks to move on. But also that thing being said, I think Mark Kelly could go on to another NHL team and do it. I don't know. He'll he'll someone some organization will pick him up to be a scout. There's not a doubt in my mind. He's 
his resume speaks for himself. I feel like for the last little while, granted, the, like you said, the last three years or it's last three years or so have been a little yeah. off in my opinion, both of our opinions, I'd say. Um, I, but I feel like in terms of the way this organization is right now, you really need to get fresh eyes in that scouting department, yeah. especially going into these next two drafts. Cause they're going to be so huge. And you have, I know, Kyle Davidson likes to say they have eight picks or something, but a lot of them are late rounders. So you yep. really need you to got, get a good look on like some basically, of these guys. Yeah, basically half of them are third round picks. You got three third round picks. Yeah. You don't have a first round pick. You that's good like... for the draft day because you can move up with that. Like, yeah, that's, exactly. That's, that's draft capital. Move up. Like three thirds can turn into two seconds easily, like with the second you have, and then they already have another second. So like they get, trust me, there's ways they can get guys. It's just, um, I don't blame Kyle Davidson's number one priority being getting a first. <laughs> yeah, like if they, I, I really, again, I really feel if they want to get a first round pick, they can. Like especially mm-hmm. on draft night, you can you can move up, and if they get like a second for Calvin DeHaan and maybe another second or third for another guy that they trade, like you could mm-hmm. easily move up into the first round, especially in the, like the late twenties, if they really wanted to. Mm-hmm. I agree, hundred percent. I like. We don't really like. I'm just very curious to see where he goes with this franchise. It's like I've been kind of like keeping tabs on like the scouts of the games. It's kind of all the generic contenders that you would think would be there. Um, you know, they kind of depend on like if they're gonna be in town the next night. Like, you know, Tampa had two yesterday, but it's because they're literally playing us tomorrow. So, yeah, I um, there's not really much to gauge from there, but I mean, the fact that they're like listening to calls and stuff is basically all you can ask. Like, I don't know if you, I know you saw that report where. Apparently, Colorado called about Kane or something like. Oh, I bet they did, but might as the well. Thing is, like, yeah, your due diligence, but. But the like, thing is, is like, is it getting close to anywhere? And I don't think it will, unless Colorado is just really off. Yeah, unless that. like Colorado is just super desperate and they hand you like Byron Newhook. Yeah, and yeah, exactly. It's not going to be like Justin Barron and Martin Cout. That's not going to get it done. <laughs> Uh, no, but that, that, that's all you can really ask for, Kyle Davidson. Like, you just you just want him to do your due, his due diligence because no one like should be untrue. Even Alex it. if they can get just like this unbelievable haul for Alex it, like trade him. You know, like no do your due diligence due diligence on everything. No one should be like untouchable, especially right now with how the state of this franchise is. Agreed. And it should, and like, I feel like the biggest way to gauge what they're going to do at the deadline is what they're going to do with Flurry. And like mm-hmm. the fact that that's still up in the air really just puts a question mark on what's going to happen. Yeah. Cause I mean, you probably, you can go into detail about it in a minute, but yeah. um, the fact that we're getting multiple reports is kind of crazy. <laughs> yeah. And like differing reports, like the big one was Steve Simmons yesterday tweeted out, Mark contract fire has not got to be, or does not want to be traded. He wants to stay in Chicago. And then I think earlier today, he's like, uh, it sounds like I got a different sauce. Um, they actually do might want to trade him. So, and then, <laughs> and then Ben Pope just tweeted out, uh, don't believe Steve Simmons. And I totally agree with that. That is so funny. This is the same person who ran Phil Kessel town uh, with his hot dog story this is the same person that uh disclosed the information that uh, austin matthews had covid and that's just barely scratching the surface but anyways um yeah mark mark andre floria is definitely the intriguing piece because uh there's a few teams now that could really use a goalie the big one that's come to mind now is toronto yeah you could get a listen there is a world where you trade them Flurry and DeHaan half retained and you get a pretty decent haul from Toronto, I think. 
I don't know exactly what would have to go the other way cap wise to make that work exactly. Dude, that's the biggest thing. If you like take Morazic back, if you can get oh, a yeah, first draft pick and a prospect, yeah, back, that's so that recovers Flurry, and then it's like two point two five for Dahan if it's for half retained, I believe. So, mm-hmm. I mean, they they got cap space. I think the last time I checked, they have like oh yeah, they got Melton's on TIR. Yeah. I'm an idiot. Sorry, yeah. So that could definitely be a resort, and I would think Toronto would be willing to trade a first to get those two. Yeah, and if not, they have prospects that are willing to like look at like, man, if they could pry Matthew Nyes, that would be amazing. Oh my like, god, yes, please. I know Leafs fans don't want to hear that, but no, man, that that frame on this team would be amazing with that and, like, skill. Exactly, and then like imagine like getting Cooley in the draft, like a lot of ifs, but you know what I mean. Like, there's options if you if Flurry does want to trade. Like, I would think the fact that um, oh, fuck, what was the team I was gonna say? There was one on the nose, and it just slipped my mind. I was gonna say Washington, but they're not gonna do it. I could uh, see Boston uh, maybe, but Swayman's been Boston's really good lately. Oh, Swayman's been great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's been very good. Um. I'm like trying. I'm like going through all the names. I don't think he's gonna go to like Edmonton. I don't see no, that. I don't think he goes. I don't think Hoskinen's been pretty good. So, um, uh, yeah, the the Edmonton they got to get rid of Mike Smith. <laughs> like if they can go with Skinner and Koskinen, I think they're okay. Like you could probably get by without trading for a goalie. But if they mm-hmm. keep playing Mike Smith, you're just shooting yourself in the foot. I think. Yeah, I don't know what they're trying to accomplish there when they do that. It's it makes no sense. Ken Holland, baby, the Ken Holland experience. Just, I heard like, someone say maybe Minnesota too. Yeah, Minnesota would be a low-key dark horse because uh, from what I've heard, Talbot and Kakinen haven't been amazing. And Mm-mm. I remember we were talking about that a couple months, like in the beginning of the season. We were like, they're winning and their goalies are sub-900. That probably won't last. And as of right now, it's not lasting. Also, their depth scoring has kind of gone a little cold. But um, I haven't really looked at Minnesota's like picks and prospects. I wouldn't really That's know. That's the thing. What they... Minnesota has a good prospect pool. They got their first round pick. That's mm-hmm. the team they should look at. It, it's just like you're trading in division. So that would be it's up to both teams if they want to exchange with each other. But Minnesota's been known for I mean obviously that was Paul Fenton that was trading into the same division. But you know what I mean? They're not they're willing yeah. to do it. So I'm curious to see where that could go. And then maybe the, I don't think the Hawks would help them with cap space, but like that's how you get a really good haul if you want to like help them for next year. I just don't know. Like Minnesota's in a situation where I don't really know what contracts they're going to move next year to get space. Like is it going to be Dumba? I don't. I don't know. That, that, Minnesota's a fascinating team for that reason. Mm-hmm. It's like they have to go for it this year, so mm-hmm. that might be a reason. And I would think Flurry would like playing behind that defensive scheme with Evanson. Oh, because. Yeah. They, he gets them playing really well. But th- those would be the teams that would come to my mind. I don't know if you could think of one besides that. Yeah, like the teams that come to mind, like Toronto, Washington, that's the thing. A lot of contenders usually have good goalies, but there's a few teams this year where they have some questionable goaltending. Like Toronto has really come to mind. And I think the big thing is, I don't know if Fleury goes to Canada, but if he were to, it'd definitely be Toronto. Oh, Yeah. Um, yeah, Edmonton, I don't think he goes to Edmonton. Like, if they were going to – if he was going to go to Edmonton, that would have been, like, back in January. I think that ship has sailed. Uh, Minnesota is an interesting one. Um, I'm trying to think of anything else. Uh, Pittsburgh would be an interesting one as well because even though Jerry is actually playing really well this year, how much faith do they really have with him <laughs> the way he <laughs> played last year? year. Yeah. Uh, that is true. I didn't think – I didn't even think about Pittsburgh. That's a good – that's a really good point. They could – 
they could definitely just swoop in and pick him up and just have him as an ultimate insurance option. I could see that a hundred percent there. That's the thing too. Like you got to think about which one of these teams is going to be willing to give you the most to get him. So Pittsburgh has obviously, shown in the past, like they don't like, even though I don't think Jim, Jim Rutherford's not there anymore. Like they, they, they're not afraid to give up first round picks and their prospects to go for it. And they mm-hmm. can go for it this year. They have a good team. That's why I was saying Boston too, to an extent, because I know Boston's willing to throw their first away every year. So I'm like looking at teams like that. I just don't really, because like I'm, I can't remember the last time we saw a goalie get moved for a first at the deadline. Uh, last time I think it was thing. Ryan Miller. Then that was like yeah. seven or eight years ago. <laughs> 2014. Jeez, mm-hmm. and that worked out so well for them. <laughs> um, <laughs> first round exit. Oh yeah. Uh. Because, like, Leonard got a second and a prospect who yeah. I don't even know what he's doing right now. Um, that's the thing. Goalies really don't get moved. At the, that's why Mark andre Fleury is so intriguing because he could get a first-round pick. He could not move at all. But And if he does get moved, he could maybe only get, like, a, like you know, like the like the range of what could happen, like the the variations of what could happen is crazy with Mark andre Fleury. Just also like, like – oh, sorry. Oh, I was going to say, like, n- none of them would really shock me. Oh, yeah. None at all. Like I, I've heard. Like I hear the side of the argument where it's like Flurry hasn't had a long off season in forever. This would be the off season to recuperate and then start fresh in the free agency. Like there was that Ben Pope thing that said he might want to extend this off season even while getting traded, which I think is crazy. Like he'll come back in the off season. I don't believe that for a that second. That rarely happens. Ever. Yeah, that's never going to happen. But I do believe if he stays, they do have to. At least they have to. At least the first thing Kyle Davidson does after the deadline is extend Flurry. Oh, if, if he he's doesn't still here. stay, that's gonna be like the number one priority for like the next month, like until like 100%. July hits before the draft. Like you gotta get uh, Flurry in an like, extension if you don't trade him. Like either uh, I know they they, they 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 got him for nothing, but like come on, it's Mark Andre Flurry. If you can't trade him and get a good return for him, uh, and it's just freaking sign him. Like he obviously wants to stay here. Give him all the money. Like the Blackhawks have cap space. If you want to give him eight million dollars for like the next year or two with a no movement clause freaking do it i think he would want to do that like he, he wants to stay in chicago he's a family man he's uprooted here so just i, I don't know like there there's so many there's so many ways even if they don't trade him like to, to keep him and have a good asset on their team oh yeah i agree and he, it's those it's it's not like you have a goalie ready in the system or something not yet at like, least like obviously we saw what Lankinen did with a pretty decent workload last year, but that's that's one shortened season. That's not enough. Like we're seeing a little bit from him this year. Like there's not enough on Lankinen to say he's a starter. Yeah, there's still I I still can't really get a read on Lankinen. Like I I think no. he can be. A, I don't think he's a, he's definitely not a starter, but I think he can be a good backup. Like he just he was good last year, especially considering how good it was like bad the team in front of him was. But like he hasn't been great this year. But he also hasn't really gone to a consistent groove either. So yeah. That's the thing too. If they trade Flurry, then that's like the ultimate audition for Lankinen for the last twenty games of the season. Mm-hmm. Like that'll be his. All right, we'll see what we got with you, and and I would imagine Delia gets called up or Soderblom. I would, I wouldn't think they would call Soderblom up just to be on a. No, bad I think team. I think they would let him take over in Rockford and yeah. help with that playoff push. Agreed. So it'll it'll just be interesting to see where they go. Like there could be a trade deadline where they trade like one person. Like I could totally see that. Like they move Dehan for like a, like the market might be not what everyone says it is, and Dehan gets like a third, and Carpenter gets like a fifth, and then that's what we did. And it's like okay, well you moved who you moved. Yeah, that is like, what it like, is. I don't want to like boast my expectations and no. like 
be disappointed because like I've heard, I feel like we've heard just about everything under the sun that what could happen this deadline and like what everyone's worth. And I feel like we, every year there's something where we're like, they got him for that cheap or they've spent that much to get that player. So like, we don't know what other teams value these players as. And all I could say as of right now is Dominic Kubelik better heat the frick up. Because oh, he's, we... he's starting now. He's got a, he got a goal and assist last game, I think. Well, he got a goal in the Edmonton game and, and then an assist uh, in the, uh, the Philadelphia game. So Dylan Strom's seen up, so mm-hmm. first goal in I think it was eight games. Yeah, and then, eight games. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then he got two, so that's nice. The Brinkett's got thirty-one. Kane's still Kane made a nice pass last game. Yeah, um, Tay's got an assist last game, which was nice, and he's still good on the draw. They couldn't win a lot of draws at the end of the game, which is kind of why they lost. But I mean, what are you gonna do? It is what I, it is. It's it's that point of the season now, really. I'd like to see one of Taves or Johnson get a goal tonight just to get their get their comfort. Oh, back Johnson against his former team would be cool, and especially like one of his first few games back. Oh yeah, dude! Like, and he, then they got one against them in like three weeks too. So they'll be playing Tampa a little bit. So that'll be fun. Ooh, that'll that yeah, that'll be fun. That'll be at least flurries in that, so it'll only be like four to one, yeah. <laughs> like nine to one. Jeez. Uh. It, like, shocks me how well the Hawks, like, fared against Tampa in a couple of those games last year. Like, there were obviously the ones where they got their ass kicked 5-1, 7-3, yeah. stuff like that. But there were a couple where it was, like, 3-2. And I was like – Wasn't there a game when they were up 3 nothing and then they lost 6-3? to That was kind of yeah. where – like they That was the breaking a, point. Yeah, that was, like, where – they were in a playoff spot, I remember. Like, like comfortably. Mm-hmm. Not, not comfortably, but, like, they had, a like, a few points up on the next place team. And that's kind of where their confidence got killed and then went south, which is probably – good for the team or, or Stevie. Stevie agrees. <laughs> um, but no, but yeah, that's really where it started thinking. Like last year they were competitive for like the first half, but then it, 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 it just did. They, they got film on them. That's yeah. what happens. And then teams get their legs back and bashful. Yeah. UC Soros is like a nine thirty five goalie for the last half of the season. Did you see that? They beat San Jose eight nothing last night. <laughs> what a, Oh my god! Like the NHL has been drunk the last two weeks. I swear. Oh, no, especially last night. Like there were so many games. Like there must have been like at least three games where eight goals were scored. Five, four, like a bunch of high scoring games. Yeah. So obviously Flyers four three last night. Montreal beat Edmonton five to two. Washington beat Seattle five to two. Islanders beat Blues one two to one. That's really like the only normal game. Um, <laughs> Arizona beat Ottawa eight to five. That might be the most drunken of them all. Florida beat Detroit six to two. Vancouver beat Toronto six to four. That's hilarious. Boston beat Columbus five to four. Nashville beat uh, the Sharks eight to nothing. So t- only two teams scored eight goals, but like. There was a lot of goals with the games with at least five goals, and then Calgary beat Colorado in overtime. From what I heard, it was like a great game. Oh yeah, I, my brother was texting me about that the whole time I went to bed. I couldn't. I was tired. Yeah, but that's two of the best teams in the league going at it. So that's always fun. That's always fun. I watched the Ottawa highlights, and I'm pretty sure if I recall, Arizona was up five one. Then it was six five Ottawa, or no, was it? They were up four one. Then it was five four Ottawa. Was it? Then they won eight five. I'm pretty sure that's how the score went. Like, wow. Ottawa scored, like, four straight goals to get up 5-4, and then Arizona just poured it on. <laughs> it was, like, the most NHL 22 sim yeah. game I've ever seen in my life. 
<laughs> oh, one, yeah. So it was four nothing, and then four. Yeah, it was so it was four nothing Arizona. Then it was five four Ottawa, and then Nick Schmoltz happened. Oh my god, that reminds me of that game a couple years ago where the Hawks beat the Senators eight to seven. <laughs> game was drunk. Yeah, eight to six, eight to seven, whatever it was. Oh my Crazy gosh, score. Cat had a hat trick. That was mm-hmm. a wild game. That was back when they still had Mark Stone. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Um, kind of. I want to talk about this. Do you think Derek King is should be the the next new head coach for next year? Because even if you asked me a month ago, like I probably would have said no. But looking at where the Blackhawks are going to go, like being in a rebuild, I think Derek King like could be the guy like going through a rebuild that the Blackhawks need. I don't know. I want to hear your thoughts. I gotta see how he ices. I. <laughs> I got to see how he deals with developing the younger players. And I really haven't seen a lot of that yet. He's gotten the veterans to play better. I will say that. And he's made the room better. He te- he has the Batman winning record, whatever they want to call it. He's like 1919. Yeah. Like, obviously, I, it hasn't, I was just going to say it hasn't been perfect, but like from what it was before, like he's done a pretty solid job of coming in and stabilizing it. And I think, I think the biggest thing with keeping Derek King is that like he makes things fun. Like when they were playing under Carlton, you could you could even tell on the ice like they were tense, like they were gripping their mm-hmm. sticks super tight. And at least now, like again, not perfect, but the, you can tell they're playing a little more loose out there and that they're having a bit more fun. So I think that's the biggest thing. And yeah, the de- development thing is um, maybe there hasn't been a player brought along, but I. There's a lot of guys that he worked with in Rockford, like Brandon Hagel has taken off, Mackenzie Entrell still has taken a step. So there are a couple guys that he's kind of familiar with. So that's that's why I thought Derek King could maybe yeah. be the coach going next for like for the next year or two. And then once you like kind of get to a, a spot where you could maybe start icing a, a winning team, that I still think that's a few years away. And maybe like a coach, just like out of like a coach that you don't expect gets fired and you can hire them. I don't know. That's that's me, but I, I kind of wanted to hear your thoughts because I know they'd be a bit different. Yeah, I just don't want to fall into another Jeremy Carlton situation where you're giving this coach the benefit of the doubt because he didn't have a training camp and he's got so-and-so, and and then you give him a training camp, and it's like, oh, well, he got this, like, super fluky thing that happened to him, so we're giving him another season, and oh, all this stuff happens. I just don't want to fall into that same path again. And I feel like that might happen in this case, and I just – the team has played different under like, – they go through phases under playing under King because they will be nice where they look like how they've looked this week where they look fine and they're looking competitive. But then there's weeks where they're literally getting caved in 5 nothing, mm-hmm. And there's a lot of that. And I think there's more of that than people want to admit in the losses. And I don't want – I don't know. I need more losses where they're losing like they did. Like I, like, I need more – Less of them getting their ass kicked is basically what I'm trying to say. And they get their butts kicked a lot, at least in the last, like, since the new year started. Like, you can't be losing six to three against, like, you can't lose five to one in Minnesota every freaking game. You know what I mean? I don't know. They played against I need like to see that. some improvement. I just need to see some improvement. And I need to see him actually commit to fixing the penalty kill because it's a mess right now. Yeah, I'm not saying, like, you, like, I, I don't think he's like the the shoe in like that. Obviously, these next what last like whatever 30, 25 games. I don't even know what we're. Yeah, at it's now. like twenty five. Yeah, um, 
the audition. Like if if again if someone if like some team goes crazy and fires one of their head coach, like if I don't think it will happen now. But if Boston like fires Bruce Cassidy and they lose in the first round, like you got to jump on that and hire him. That should be your number one priority. But like if there's really no one, like there's no point of bringing in like a not saying that they ever would like a John Tortorella or Mike Babcock. Might as well just keep Derek King, I think. And again, it's gonna. He's definitely not been perfect, but he's came in. He's helped stabilize things. Uh, I, I think I, I kind of agree with you. Like they, they gotta show more games where they're more competitive. At least if they lose, like make it like a three-two game and not where they're just like getting twenty shots against Minnesota or St. Louis and like losing five of one or whatever. But mm-hmm. yeah, these next twenty-five games are gonna be a tr- uh, definitely a trial for him, especially after the trade deadline, because we're gonna see how he's gonna bring bring along a lot of these guys that come up. Yeah, I agree. I'd also like to see him get his teams to start on time more because they're a bad first period team right now, and that's something you can't like ingrain in these young players because that'll no. that'll stay. I mean, hell, look at Toronto; they still don't start on time ever. So, like, that's not a that's not a maybe it's not a coaching thing. Maybe it's a player thing, but. Either way, as the head coach, you should try to nip that in the butt as fast as yeah, you can. Yeah, exactly, because that, that was a problem under Jeremy Colton. They would never start on time. They're always trailing. They're always coming back. And I feel like when you, like, like never – you don't get to that right away. Like, it kind of sticks with the players, even when head coaches change. Like, again, Toronto's a perfect example. Like, Mike Babcock, they didn't fix that. And even Sheldon Keith, they still have some problems. And I don't think it's necessarily Sheldon Keith's fault, but, like, it's kind of in their minds already where – it's psychological. It's all, it's all between the ears. Like you gotta, you gotta get to that right away. And I think that's gotta be one of the biggest priorities going down the stretch. Hundred percent, I agree. And it'll be interesting to see what he does because who knows? Like, and I just need better five on five play in general. That's just kind of what I want. So that's really all I gotta say on that. Like Derek King will. Derek King's got his audition right now, so he's gotta, he's gotta make the most of it. So I'm curious to see what he does. And like you said, he has had positives. So it's not like it's been all doom and gloom. It's not no. like it's like the Horchek Leafs and something when they put a new coach in and just getting thumped every night. Like, no, they look competitive some nights. It, it, they're definitely not the worst team in the NHL. That's that's for sure. They got bad puck luck and they got bad. I mean, like, you know, they just like there's not the best team. It's fine. No, they are. And. And I hate being that person because I don't think injuries should ever be an excuse if you're a good team. But like they've they've certainly not had like injury luck or anything. Yeah, it's 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 whatever it is though. Yeah, it is, it is what it is. Um, <laughs> again, it's these next couple weeks weeks that really decide like like where this franchise like we know they're going to be rebuilding, but like are are they going to get a first round pick? Like how are like how, we're really going to see what Kyle Davidson is made of and what he's going to do. We've already seen him make moves in the front office again, getting rid of Mark Kelly, Ryan Stewart, which I, I think is a good thing. Like they, they desperately need change. They need new sets of eyes on everything and just new perspectives and all of that. And, um, uh, from what I like, him and Brian Campbell are close. I wonder if Brian Campbell gets an assistant general manager, like, I don't, really, I don't know, like, they, they don't have to rush that, but, like, maybe towards the draft or whatever and free agency. And I wonder if Megan Hunter maybe gets a look at the amateur scout because I, I forget who is, uh, who is like, the interim amateur, like, leading of amateur scout. I think it was, like, Mike Donahue or however you say his name, but it'd be nice to, like, get a, get a person in there going forward so that you know who that person is that you want in charge of your amateur scouting because that's going to be the biggest thing what this team is going forward is drafting and developing and being patient. And um, 
going back to earlier in the show, like the Blackhawks have like Mark Kelly and the Blackhawks did a pretty good job of drafting in the first round, but you freaking traded all of them because you wanted to win now. Like Philip didn't know you, you trade him because you wanted to win and get Dale Weiss and Thomas Fleischman, which was just a bad trade. You got rid of table Terrifying and to get rid of Brian Brickle. So you had cap space to sign these guys. Like uh, you, you just want to see more patience under Kyle Davidson. I think we're going to get it. And I know a lot of people are skeptical about Kyle Davidson, but at the same time, like we, we, we don't know. And that could be, that's also a good thing and a bad thing. We don't know what he is yet. I don't think he's Stan Bowman. I think we're going to see, I we're going to see changes. We, we we already saw him like do like an Instagram thing. And I'm like, could you imagine Stan Bowman doing that? Stan Bowman's like the most boring person on earth. Like at least Kyle Davidson showing personality is like at least a likable fun guy and someone that you can root for. So there's, there's that. But again, we got to, we got to see what he does near the trade deadline. Yep. Only time will tell though. Yes. That's the thing right now. We're just playing the waiting game. Yeah, basically we're 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 waiting to see kind of which domino falls first. And, and that yeah. kind of just tells like where the market is at. Uh, like looking at like 32 uh, 32 thoughts I think. Like this this is the week where teams have to make a decision on their their restrict or their their free agents and then the, the next week like the final week before the trade deadline is where you start seeing the trading. So yeah. Like, the closest we've had to a normal deadline was 1920 since the last time. And that was, like, I can remember, like, the game where the Hawks decided when they were going to sell was, like, that Ranger game. And that was, like, 10 days before. So, I would think somewhere in between there, we're going to see a lot of, um, maybe not from the Hawks specifically, but the NHL is going to start moving pretty quick. And the problem is the West is just such a crapshoot right now. Like, everyone's yeah, still they- kind of in it which, like, until Anaheim falls a little more, we're really not going to see any major dominoes move. Vegas is barely even in the playoffs right now. Vegas has to move people to get their full roster back. So, I don't – like, they're going to move someone eventually. Like, I'm telling you, like, Seattle is just waiting there with the doors open for whoever wants to give them a contract to hang on to and some picks. Because, like, they're going to be the team that's taking on all this. Like, I – it would not surprise me if Ron Francis is doing, like, the Detroit thing and taking salary in, like, a third team type thing. Yeah. That's what the Blackhawks should be doing too. Like, not not saying that you take like all these contracts on, but like if you can take on a contract, I don't know, like two or three million for like a bottom six or bottom pairing guy, and like get like a second or third or something, do it. Mm -hmm. You got to get creative. You got to find ways to recoup ass draft picks, assets, maybe even prospects, all that. Agreed. Um, I don't know if you have anything else to add, or we can we can end this off here. I think we're good. Um, yeah. They're going to get thumped tonight. That should be fun. Yeah. <laughs> hey, it will only be 5 nothing. at least, and not 8 nothing. Oh, hey. Mark Andre Fleury will be in it. Corey Perry oh. will only have two goals and an assist. Don't worry. <laughs> Doesn't Corey Perry have, like, 15 goals? That's so funny. Oh, he's he's being great. He's got like, a 50-point pace this year. He's doing so well. No that one is, talks about it. That is so funny. Like, Tampa's just... Tampa's Tampa doing is. Tampa's doing what the Hawks did all the time, where they're all just doing really well. It's just they're not doing world beater well like they did that one year, so no one cares. <laughs> they're just like, ah, they're good. We'll, we'll Tampa see is doing Tampa things. They're they're I, they're they're still the favorites to me. Like until I see them lose, yep, they're still the favorites. Yep, and I'm pretty uh, sure they're first. You got a different gear in the playoffs. So. Yeah. That that still blows my mind. Four four of the clinching games that they had in the playoffs and Vasilevsky had shutouts in all of them. That is that is ridiculous clutch. Beast. 
Hall of Famer. He, like he's got a Vesna, he's got a Consmith, he's got two Stanley Cups. Like he's without a doubt a Hall of Famer. And he's still like twenty seven. Like he's still yep. got like he's just ago, hitting least. his prime. Yeah. Basically. Ugh. That, yeah. that, that's he's scary. Be a problem. Like Tampa can be an average. Like they're still a very good team. Like they could be an average team, and Vasilevsky could still like lead them on a deep playoff. Run. Mm-hmm. My hope for them is that they just find a better backup for him eventually, so he doesn't have to play sixteen. <laughs> yeah, Curtis, Curtis McElhinney to Brian Elliott. That is so. Funny. Hey, he's a pretty good backup, ain't he? Hmm. All right, I'll stop. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's that's back to back Stanley Cup champion, Curtis. Yeah, McElhinney. I'm gonna watch my mouth. Alongside of Jan Ruda. Hi, Stevie. Oh God. <laughs> no, I love how like Leaf fans are like every team needs us or ever like what's Tampa's like sieve on their team and they're like everyone's like Jan Ruda. <laughs> like yeah. it's pretty self-explanatory. <laughs> but yeah, that's about it. Yeah, yeah, that, that's about it. That's all that's all for today, folks. But thank you for tuning in. Um yeah, we're 15 days towards the trade deadline, basically two weeks. Uh, the show, we're, we're getting closer, and I wonder if we're going to see a big trade. I don't, I don't know if it'll be this show, but definitely within the next week or so, we might see Blackhawks trade. So Hopefully. thank you for tuning in. Yeah, thank you for tuning in, and uh, peace out, y'all.